Discography. This is Tim. This is Matt. And this is the podcast where we listen to and talk about various discographies. This series, we're doing Bloated Cat Records. Today is our last album in the Bloated Cat Records catalog that we chose. It's not the whole catalog. Yeah, I was like, we didn't listen to that one. Yeah, we just chose five. Uh, before we get into that, let's move right into Match Play, because we got a busy show today. Yeah. This week's Match Play, the song title, This Means War. Another triple threat match between Avenged Sevenfold, Nickelback, and Busta Rhymes. <laughs> Who do you want to start with first, Matt? I mean, I started with the top one, so Avenged Sevenfold right, where well, I started. Yep, I did them in the order. I texted them to you. Yep. So, I've listened to Avenged Sevenfold a number of times. I think maybe two or three when we've done these match plays. Yep. And there's always something that doesn't click with me in Avenged Sevenfold. <laughs> And this song made me finally realize it's because they sound like Metallica. Yeah! Yep. And I do not like Metallica outside of Injustice for All, which is a very good album. This is just a very standard Avenged Sevenfold song. Like, I can't. I can't get into them. Like, I, I was okay with them in my high school, like, career, I guess. But lately, it's just, they're not what I want to listen to. This song specifically is, like, late era Metallica, so it was even worse. Yeah. Because, you know, Metallica just got worse with each album to me. That makes sense. But this is like after Enter Sandman, even late. Whoa! <laughs> it's what it sounded like. So, not my favorite. After it Symphony could. And Metallica. But with, with this triple threat of matches, it could have <laughs> been my favorite of these three. <laughs> could win this one! So, we might have to wait. Alright, next up was Nickelback. Um, can I get my money back? How do we keep ending up with these late 90s, early aughts bands to listen to? I have no idea. I just, Tim. It's Tim's fault. Apparently they picked every fucking title that has ever been written for a song, so they end up in here. These before I can blame Kelly. What were your thoughts on Nickelback? Uh, it's, it's Nickelback. I, but it's not even, like, there are some Nickelback songs that I'll at least listen to. Right. This isn't even a good Nickelback song. I've never really listened to Nickelback because I, I, Nickelback. Was, I was done with corporate rock by that point anyways. But I'm going to tell you what, after listening to this song, if you listen to any, like, Power Man 5000, Korn, any <laughs> band that their song was featured in a WWE pay-per-view and you enjoyed them, you have no right to talk shit on this band. Because <laughs> they are completely equal with those bands. So, quit throwing shade at Nickelback. I'll keep throwing shade at Nickelback. I'm going to, because I don't like any of the other bands listed, but if you like one of those other ones, then you have to stop immediately. Alright, fair enough. Last one, Buster Rhymes. Can he pull off the win here? Featuring Ozzy. <laughs> yeah, I didn't realize that until I actually went to but, listen to it. But there's no way. <laughs> Ozzy's in there. This is this is Iron Man. Yeah, it, it's a With sample. new lyrics. <laughs> and you know, there when it first started... <laughs> When it first started out, I was like, oh, this isn't too bad. You know, rock rap collabs very rarely work anyways. It was a bit of a novelty when it first started. I was kind of into it. Man, it ran for like four minutes, four Four and a half, four minutes and a half. Which is still like two minutes shorter than Avenged Sevenfold. And it was still way too long. Yeah. But when you're in a weak field, Buster Rhymes picks up the win for me. <laughs> me too. 100%. I, was, I couldn't give it to anybody. I was at least entertained for those first two minutes. I was like, this is one where I will not listen to... I will not seek out these songs ever again. Oh, no. Yeah, no. The, it, yeah. Like I said, two minutes in, I was kind of like, I might recommend this song to a couple people. But nope. I'm also, fun fact, because you said the 
people that listen to WWE, so like uh, this particular song has a featuring in wrestling. I found, a, I found a video on, on YouTube of this being played at a wrestling thing. It does not surprise like, me one fucking Alright, that makes sense. <laughs> oh, man. Well, let's move on to our album for this week. It's Rational Anthem Sensitivity Training. Which, if you just sent somebody... Did I talk to you about sensitivity training? <laughs> Makes for an interesting conversation. <laughs> through text. Through text message. Yeah, Matt thought he got some real shit <laughs> because he only saw the first half of the yeah. message I sent. I was asking him which rational yeah. album we were supposed to listen to. But all he sent was, did we talk about sensitivity training or... And I got, did we talk about sensitivity training? And I'm like, no. It's going to be a rough day at the office <laughs> yeah, on like, Monday. Shit. <laughs> Anyways, Rational Anthem were started in 2007 in Wisconsin. Shortly thereafter, they moved to Florida. And then they finally settled in Iowa City. The band is made up of brother and sister Noel and Pete, the guitar vocalist and drummer respectively, with their friend Chris on drums. I read a few interviews. It sounds like Chris is a uh, an adopted member of their family. That makes sense. Not like officially adopted, but he's been around for so long so that very Midwestern. their parents consider him uh, one of their children. Uh, this is, was the one band, well, I knew a little bit of Lipstick Homicide, this is the one band I was very familiar with prior to doing this podcast. I first heard them on their Broadcast of Thousands Heard by None cassette, which was probably 500 copies of that, so they're probably right that not very many people heard it. It was a radio performance of their self-titled EP release. I eventually went on to buy that EP, and I absolutely love it. And then later on... They had a Kickstarter going to fix their tour van, where you could buy their entire catalog. So I took them up, because I think it was something like 20 bucks, and four albums can't beat that yeah. fucking price. And apparently, with the success they've had since, they must have got the van fixed. I don't know. Because they're currently, well, they were in 2019 on uh, Anti-Flags record label. Oh, wow. Uh, let's start off with the first song, Cool Story. Bro. <laughs> Just Cool Story. <laughs> no bro included. Sensitivity training. Yep. A little more grit to their guitars than some of the other bands in the, that we've listened yeah, to. Yeah. But still pretty standard punk rock, just a little more feedback on it. Yeah, it, it, this song, I will say, did give me a solid idea of what sound they were looking for. I mean, they're fairly straightforward. They're not, at least with this song, there's no flashy solos, no bass solos, no like impressive drumming, anything like that. It's just very straightforward and does the job. Next song, Sleeping. transition from one to the next. Actually, I put in this one, it took me a little over a minute, probably, to realize that I transitioned to the next song. Right. Again, this one's pretty straightforward pop talk, you know, and there's nothing wrong with keeping it simple. All the songs are pretty singable, and the dual vocals encourage you to sing along. I feel they like. do, yeah. I also noted, pretty sure they're singing about being poor, partying, and crashing at somebody's house. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. A lot of <laughs> which, these songs are that way. Which sounds very, you know, 
if it isn't like a love song, but most all of them are like, hey, this is a punk rock life song. Yep. Speaking of love songs, the third song, Commitment Issues. Again, very, very simple with the actual music. Yeah. They keep it pretty straightforward. It seems like they're relying on the dual vocals to carry most of the songs, or at least to, the main melodies are the vocals. Yeah. That's they're not true. relying on their music necessarily to carry these songs as much as they are on the vocals. Well, I did note in this one that there's like a fun, upbeat instrumental, which actually distracted me from the lyrics. And this one, they did have a bit of a guitar solo. Yep. Right. Next song, Mild Nights. change it up on this one because uh they started off with a bass solo into a light guitar solo and they threw in some bass and guitar solo interludes throughout the song been my favorite so far just because they stretched a little bit musically yeah i I actually i don't understand what's happening in this song but i know i like it (laughs) next is tentative city Especially the intro, it's almost like a vocal solo ballad yep. when they first started off. A lot more solo guitar work on this one, but overall this one I was kind of blah on it. Yeah. Nothing really stood out to me, and it wasn't until like the last stanza of the song that I felt like the singer him- singer himself was really displaying any emotion. Yeah, Like the previous songs, they were dead on, but this one, and maybe they were trying to bring you a sense of melancholy. Maybe, because that does the seem song. kind of the way this song is supposed to be felt. Yeah, but... I could also be, you know, reading the song wrong. I think you may be right. After that is Up Up and Annoy. Picking the speed back up. Again, we're straight ahead pop punk. They got some guitar breaks in here. Yep. And they highlight the vocalists while the bass and drums keep the rhythm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. I just made note in my in my notes on this one that uh, Friends I Don't Need apparently was a very big <laughs> part of this song. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Fine, I, I almost sang along. Okay. Anthem Part 3, Parenthetical, Story of a Lonely Girl. There it is. I'm so tired of As I was listening, this one was the first one where I kind of had that realization, like, oh, yeah, man, they're about the vocals. They're not yep. trying to be as flashy on the music. Though this one had some minor changes throughout the song. Then again, they had some more guitar breaks. Which they do seem to use those pretty frequently, where the guitar just kind of drops out, and they have the bass and drums carry while the vo- 
Marvels are the main focus. Yep. Although I also feel like they, they do a good job of, like, they also bring the instrumentals forward to give the vocalist a break. <laughs> oh, yep. Yep. I can see how they're doing that. This one had a uh, dueling vocals situation near the end. Not so much where they're playing together, but playing off of each other. Yeah, this one felt short to me. But I don't know why. I really don't know why, because almost all of yeah. them were a minute and a half no, to two and a half minutes. I think it's because I want more out of this song, and it might be because it says it's part three. Gotcha. And it's <laughs> a little too soon for yeah. you. Yep. Oh, I see what you're saying. It's a solid question mark love song. <laughs> oh, it is. Well, I mean, it's a story of a lonely girl. Yeah. Of course it's about a love song. Up next is Best Intentions. As soon as this one came on, this one was my favorite overall. Not from this listen, from my a thousand previous listens. <laughs> Yeah, the only downside of this, it's a breakup song. It is. I wasn't really into that, but I'm just not into loving breakup songs. Solid lyrical delivery. For that, we have We Got Plans. A couple of parties that we're not seeing, and so clear. Keep on moving through. I don't know what to do. A little joy is that we're still living without a clue. back up, but that's about all I had for this one. There just isn't a lot to comment on, to be honest with you, this one throughout this album. No. I mean, this one is a serious pickup and, like, serious change in tempo from the last two, but I think it's because two songs ago was a love song and the last one was a breakup song. Like, I guess this one's the one to make you happy. Following that was the obvious reference to Blink-182 with the title All the Small Things. Thanks! speed a little bit, but... Kept up the fun lyrics. Yeah, you know, I, <laughs> the lyrics are always decent. I almost made note of you, but I was leaving that responsibility to you, which you apparently have not taken today. Uh, dude, without As a doubt, usual. it was really hard to find the lyrics for these. Well, I just figured you would figure them out from listening to them. You really need to remember to start doing that. I tend to look up lyrics when it comes to songs that I can't, like, completely understand from the beginning. Well, maybe in our next series of albums. Hopefully. Matt, what I need you to do right now is stop talking about all the small things, and start talking about Stop Talking. was one where I paid more attention to the lyrics because they really connected with me. Because there's been plenty of times I'm in social settings where I want everyone around me to shut the fuck up. But instead <laughs> of yelling at people to shut the fuck up, I go home. Speaking like of... Like a normal human being. Speaking of noting lyrics and shut the fuck up, this song ends with, shut the fuck up, kids. <laughs> no, it ends up, 
hands with, Shut the fuck up, kids, I must admit. Everybody loves when Matt and I sing songs. <laughs> but honestly, this song is probably one of my favorites from the album. Nice. It's not a bad one. I like yeah. it. It's a solid song. After that, we have You Tell Me. I like the, uh, whoa, oh, oh, oh chorus. Yeah. It brings the whole song together to me. So this one, yeah, this is a solid one. Yeah. After that's Girlfriend Slightly Used. expected them to be discussing their girlfriend and how they were slightly used. But oh, it's no. not. This is 100% them requesting a girlfriend. He wants someone's seconds. He just doesn't want them to be sloppy. Yeah. No, 100%. That's what this song is. <laughs> it is. That scoff slash giggle thing you heard was, Kelly. <laughs> yeah. Hello. <laughs> Again, another love song that I'm not a huge fan of, but I do really like the bridge in that song. Yeah. But he, like... I am also pretty sure that somewhere in the lyrics of this song, they sing about making the changes that they talk about making in earlier songs. <laughs> Self-referencing. Yeah, in the album. And this is the last one. Actually, we're moving pretty quick on this album. I thought it would take us forever, but I guess both of us kind of are going to have similar thoughts at the end. Yeah. Anyways, this one's Cheap Smiles. It's a place I remember the names pounding drums, then they layer in the vocals until they build into that first verse. And it is a strong album in there for sure. It is. It's another one I enjoyed singing along to. Uh, I also enjoyed the very end of it, but that's another Beavis and Butthead clip. They take a swipe at Green Day. They do. And honestly, they're as good as Green Day. I, I honestly sat down and thought about it for a while <laughs> yeah. before I was going to say that out loud. Uh, yeah. I mean, Dookie is really good. There's just no denying it. Dookie was a great Dookie album. Dookie was a great album. I don't care what any other punk rocker tells you. One prior to that was really great, too. I can't think of the title off the top. Actually, I think that was the two EPs that they combined. For yeah. Them. But that's Green Day, not, not Rational Anthem. Anthem. I just wanted to say that I honestly uh-huh. do believe that this album is as good as some Green Day albums. Maybe it's not as good as Dookie. That's saying a lot, honestly. I'm pretty sure Tim and I both sang parts of this song earlier today. Oh, uh, yeah? What is it? Isn't this the one where they talk about... God damn. It's ending... No, I was no, singing. Wait. I was singing Billy Ray Gunner. Oh no, yeah, that's right. You were singing. Yeah. Which, uh, different, different. <laughs> we talked about them last episode. You we should go did. back and listen to that, and listen to that Billy Ray Gun. It's good stuff. Matt, would you like to go with your final thoughts? <laughs> since I have more experience with this band, <laughs> my first, my very first note. So I always go through and I write the titles of all the songs down to take notes, so I don't have to write them while I'm taking notes. Uh, just reading through the titles, I actually noted. 
I feel very called out by just the titles. Why's that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, pick one and explain how you feel called out about it. Uh, I feel like Cool Story was going to be a almost parody of every story you ever heard in high school and college. Right. Which it wasn't. I mean, I kind of felt like you'd pick Girlfriend Slightly Used. That's just me. Uh, never had one of those, thank you. <laughs> used one? Yeah. Come on, they're the best ones. They know what they're doing by that That's point. probably fair. That are all the small things. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not Blink-182, I will say. But, so this was my reaction without listening to it. They also bookended the album with the longest songs. Oh, I didn't really pay attention, but yeah, you're yeah. probably right First on that. song was like... 320-something, and the last song was 340-something? Well, for me, I feel the same way about this album now that I felt about it the first time I heard it. It's okay. But I realized I came in with a lot of hype to this album and band, period. I loved that first EP so goddamn much. <laughs> I, I Honestly, I had that on rotation nonstop one summer. It was that I was listening to, or I was listening to One Reasons All Rivers Run South, All Roads Lead Home. Uh, One of those two albums was always on in my car. And it may have been that first summer that we started this golfing. Not you guys, but me personally and the other people. So I'm pretty definitely. You disc golfed with other people? I know. I'm a disc golf slut. When I first time I listened to this album, I was so thrown off because there's enough change in the sound, and it could just be the production levels too. Because that Maybe. that first EP is a little rougher recording wise, and I do tend to like that more from my bands. Right. When it's just more natural, I honestly got online and searched to find out if they were two different bands. <laughs> I was so thrown off the first time, but I also recognize that if you're a fan of pop punk, this should probably be in your collection. I mean, it's on Bandcamp. We'll have the link in the show notes. Uh, I didn't look up the price this time, but it, I guarantee it's not more I, than five dollars. So the, the band it should be came up. In it should be five bucks. I, think it's, I mean, you're getting sixteen songs. Five bucks yeah. for sixteen songs is more than fair. Even if it was ten, honestly, it's fair yeah. for ten at that number of songs. What are you thinking overall score, Matt? It was hard for me. Because actually, I gave it a fairly low score in my overall notes. But after discussing it today... You can make adjustments. I am solidly at like a three. Alright. I actually went two out of five. Alright. I sh- probably should up it to a three. <clears throat> but I just can't. I know I'm never going to really listen to this album again. I listened to it probably a hundred times when I bought it. <laughs> I know I just... It's just not what I was looking for. And that's on me. It's not on the band. In fairness, like only I actually made a note in my in my ranking. I may I may listen to like stop talking, stop talking uh, again, and if there are more to the anthem part three, like like styles, right? I may listen to those just because that one kind of was catchy to me, right? Well, I have several more albums I can share with you. Only if they have uh, You're going to have to listen anthems. for yourself to decide uh, that or not. Well, goddamn. So that's our Rational Anthem talk, and we're done with Bloated Cat, except for one thing. Matt and I are going to discuss our top five songs. So you want to start at five, work your way to the top? Did you do a particular order? Did you I did. I actually, five songs? I started with five songs, and then, honestly, on the way here, thought about I actually ranked them. Okay. What do you got? 
Start with five, and so, I'll get my number five. So oh. five, I put Moody Point. Stick homicide. Uh, honestly, it's the vocalist, like because of how the vocals work in, in for Lipstick Homicide in general. But that song just seemed to hit me the most for their vocals. Right on. My number five was You Tell Me from Rational Anthem. We've already what? discussed it today, so we can move on to number four. I had Unsatisfied from Jabber. Uh, of the songs on this one, it was the one that I said sounded most like Jawbreaker, but it has some of the highest quality harmonizing also, which is Jabber's best feature. They are great at their harmonies. My choice was Absolutely Not by Billy Raygun, which for me, that was a weird choice, but I re-listened to some of the Billy Raygun. Yeah. And... It's just got a good, like, tempo and beat. Like, after our discussion, I kind of understood Billy Reagan a little better. <laughs> I'm glad I could inform you. Yeah. So what'd you have at number three? Mine. Number three. Don't want to wait. Drones. Right on. I think it's just because it was short, sweet, and I kind of got caught up with this one. Gotcha. You'll be surprised to learn at my number three spot, Hidden Planet from the Drones. Really? I had originally said that Told You was my favorite when we first did our reviews, but I've listened yeah. to Drones quite a bit. I really like Hidden Planet. It's got a little more speed and energy. Told you it was in my top ten. But I told you, told you is a great album opener, yeah. without a doubt, a great album. Yeah. And number two, I had Ash Heap from Billy Ray Gun, which was the last song on the album, and the one that Matt thought I was singing earlier. It, the rational anthem. It was, song yeah. I was singing. It was actually Ash Heap. It's got a lot of lo-fi aggression that I really like. We talked about it in the episode. This guy's not the best vocalist, but man, he cares about he, what he's vocalizing. He has passion. <laughs> exactly makes the difference there. But yeah, I sing this song randomly all the fucking time. So my number two was She Blinded Me with Immunobiology. And that would be Science Police. Bam. <laughs> I did kind of like the gimmick of Science <laughs> yeah. Police. They were, it wasn't my favorite when we listened to it, but the gimmick was pretty great. I, I may have set a bit of a boundary for myself when it came to Science Police and a couple of these, because like, they have a lot of good... Some good nerd punk. Nerd punk, like... Yeah, I didn't know any other way to put that. That is just nerd music. music. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I think that's why I like She Blinded Me with Immunobiology. So what did you have for number one? This may not surprise anybody who listened to our Billy Raygun section, uh, but for those of you that didn't, uh, March 26th, <laughs> song, I mean, you did like it a lot the first I time we listened to him. And I honestly think it's because he fit. They fit. They. I get it. It's a group. But they fit a full, like, Two-minute song in 21 seconds. Man, I really got to let you some Minutemen albums, too. That's all you want from a band, because they're the best at it. Huh. And my number one, Giles Corey from Billy Ray Gun. Huh. It was... It, Billy Ray Gun was by far my favorite of the series. There's just no denying it. I have listened to them a ton more, but I've listened to them the same amount of level as every other band before. I said, holy shit, I love this, and listen to it. It's, it's an interesting... So... I honestly would have said, before doing my top five, I would have said Billy Ray Gunn was probably my least favorite. I chose two of Billy Ray Gunn's songs as my top five. I don't know, right? And it probably could have, if we did a top ten, probably would have added at least one or two more. These were by far the two best on them. I might have added one more in a top ten. Maybe. Even though these are my top two. So maybe, yeah, I would definitely find it. <laughs> yeah, I was like, you know what, come to think of it, in my top ten might have included Ash Heap. It was also these last two songs, though, where I had mentioned that they moved toward more of a Husker Du feel. Yeah. Husker Du. Husker Du. Husker Du. Husker Du. Husker Du. Alright, so that's it for Bloated Cat. We actually have already kind of discussed what we're going to do for the next series, but we haven't... That's not in concrete yet, so I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. Because we should probably discuss that a little bit more. But we will be back at some point. But after this, it's on to Frisky Discs. But bam So... 
look forward to that. We talk about next episode will be our season five preview. We'll talk about what courses we're playing this year. Keep an ear out for Kelly's revisit pick. And we also have a special idea for our hundredth episode. Dun, dun, dun. All right, let's go do this. Follow us on Twitter at Frisky Discs. You can find this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find your podcasts.